0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Blush You, a podcast by Blush Life Coaching. I am your co-host Callie with my little hummingbird, Elise. Elise, say hi.
1: Hi. Isn't she just a little
0: hummingbird? I mean, it's just so that her spirit animal, I just can't get enough. I
1: love it. How's your week been? It's been good. I, it's Well, let me tell my sparkle because it kind of all all like, it's like my ketchup is included in my sparkle. So Okay.
0: It's sparkle time. It's sparkle time.
1: Sparkle time. So I went to California this past weekend and like Callie, I'm jealous that you live there because I was just so at peace with the beach and the nice weather. And it was like the sunshine and my friends and it was just like good, you know, like good vibes. Like it was all good vibes. I just loved it.
0: I just have to point out though, that she did not come to Los Angeles because I'm not so sure those vibes would have been the same in Mm -hmm. LA. (laughs) She was a little further South. So also we would have recorded together if she had been in Los Angeles. That's also the case.
1: Yes. I was in Orange County. My best friend from college, her and her boyfriend have been together for years and he Proposed and they were in, living in San Francisco and were are like kind of doing being like nomads for a while because they're both working remote, so they're like going to Taos and Denver and just like traveling all over, which is just so cool. And so she loved that apartment. And so he proposed in the empty apartment and said like, "This is the end of this chapter and the beginning of a new one." And I'm like, need tissues oh my. for my tears. That is
0: very like. Existential and sweet and And
1: very thoughtful. I know. So me and our other best friend, we flew out there to surprise her at her like party afterwards, which I am not someone who's good at surprises. I always figure out surprises if they're about me. And I always have a really hard time keeping surprises if they're about someone else. So like I had to like ignore her. I couldn't answer her calls because I'm like could break any second. Like, I'm coming there, I'll be there tomorrow. See you soon. Bye. You know.
0: Yeah. And he would have killed you.
1: Oh God. Yeah. He would have killed me. So I just had to like, you know, be alone and just not talk to anybody. But involved with that is my sparkle that came out of that because, so I saw this thing last week that was like, standing on the edge of the cliff is so much scarier than actually jumping and flying, like taking flight. And I was like, oh my God, this is so my life because I feel like I stand on the edge of all these different situations and i'm like what if and my anxiety starts acting up and it's like so scary and you can literally talk yourself out of something when like you just gotta jump off and just like spread your wings and fly and i almost didn't go this week this past weekend because i was terrified about flying and with covid and being around people and like i'm you know, immune compromised. So it was just like a lot of things and I really haven't been anywhere this whole entire year. So like social anxiety started creeping up. It was just like a lot, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna jump off and I'm gonna spread my wings and I'm gonna fly. And I literally had the best time of my entire life. I needed it so bad. It was like so rejuvenating. I finally felt like myself after a year of just like not feeling like myself at all. So. That's my sparkle is just like jump and spread your wings. Just do it because it's so much scarier looking off than it is to just get on with it. Yep. While wearing a mask. Yep. Totally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Isn't it? I, I've I've found a lot of comfort lately reading all these stories. And, you know, I try to stay abreast with the news, even though, I mean, let's be real. It sometimes kills my little heart, but my stone heart, I don't know why I just said little, I have a heart of stone, but it's really cool reading that masks legitimately work. I've seen so many cases where people have tested positive and then the people around them who were cautious and wore masks did not test positive. And, you know, this isn't a political statement. This is just like, Hey, you know, For the sake of our mental health, it's not great to be cooped up and without friends and without family for this long. And, you know, unfortunately we've kind of bungled this. So we're going to be in this, you know, pandemic for God knows how long. And so wearing the mask while being cautious and then going and doing stuff seems to be like a really great solution. Mm -hmm. And I think it's helping a lot of people out. So what a what a lovely what a lovely sparkle. Um, what's yours? So, I've been. I feel like I'm always like, well, I've been stressed. <laughs> That's how all of my sparkles start out. Um, identity stolen is probably not over with, but we're gonna move on. So, I think lately I've just noticed that whenever I get stressed. Um, I tend to fall into this same kind of cycle. And I'm going to get a little personality nerdy right now. So basically your Myers-Briggs determines your strengths, right? So if anyone's listening and you know your Myers-Briggs, then you know that you are like more extroverted or more, you know, logical or more intuitive, whatever it is. So my personality type I tend to fall on my inferior function whenever I'm stressful, which is actually being more logical. So I tend to be very like black or white thinking, a little rigid in my thinking, everything has to make logical sense, which is not really who I am at my core. But lately I've been noticing that I'm like really falling hard into my sensing side, which is like zooming in, like not being able to see the forest through the trees and you know, just kind of getting stuck in that. And like part of this comes into play when, you know, I I always preach nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. Well, that's because I need to hear it because sometimes when you're in it, it feels like I'm stuck in this like small box and everything sucks. And it's going to be like this forever. And that's what happens when I zoom in. Mm -hmm. So my sparkle is I've realized that I've kind of safeguarded myself from this a lot by the people that I surround myself with. So like in particular, like my business partner is very big pictured. My dad, who's basically my business advisor half the time is very, you know, big, big pictured. Um, My husband, oh my gosh, like so big picture. So it's funny because when I'm sitting here, like spinning my wheels out, like if blush is having a not great day for growth or someone was, you know, not satisfied with this particular thing, like I take it personal and I'm like, oh, like this is it. This is it. This is it. Blush is never going to grow again or everyone's going to be mad at me or everything sucks. And it's like, the funny thing is I like confide in these people and they're looking at me like I have two heads. (laughs) Like I, they're like, I didn't even check today's numbers or I didn't do this because it doesn't matter, Callie. Like it doesn't matter. As long as the overall trend is positive, which it 100% is, why are you getting so caught up? in the day to day. And I was like, wait, why am I getting so caught up in the day to day? And I think it's just stress. So my sparkle is, it's not necessarily that my sparkle is like, so I overcame it and now I'm perfect. And I don't get stressed. Like that's not it, but it is damn, like surrounding yourself with kind of the opposite reaction of what you tend to go towards is really, really healthy. And it's not that I necessarily look at them and I'm like, you're right. And a crisis averted, but it does put into perspective of how stupid I look. Like my husband does call me chicken little a lot. And now I'm understanding why. Cause he's sitting back going in the large scheme of things, are you really going to remember this day? And it's like, no. (laughs) So so my sparkle isn't necessarily about me being great. It's really about me being smart enough to put people in my life that tell me when I'm being a dum dumb.
1: Yeah. And it kind of, sometimes I feel like Carl and I are the same because he like exacts. I can so relate to that situation, but sometimes in the moment it like stings, right? You're like, no, like, let me do that. You know, like, let me mm-hmm. have my moment where I just am like losing my shit. And then it's, I mean- They're like grounding for us. I feel like we need we need that to just be like, okay, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be fine.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because when Andrew says it, I'm kind of like, well, of course you would say it. But then when I'm hearing the same message from everyone else, I'm like, shit, (laughs) shit, shit, shit. You are correct because everyone is saying one thing, and I'm the only one over here freaking out. And y'all seem to be having a much more pleasant time during this journey. I think I'm just making this too hard on myself. And again, like, this is what happens. Like, it's not my fault that this is where my mind goes when I'm under stress. This is literally based in science and personality. Like, research has been done on this. There's probably not a ton I can do to prevent myself from going there, but there are things I can do to get myself out of it. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't always have to be just you doing it, which is why I loved this sparkle of like, you can lean on other people. You can make them get you out of this just as well as you can get it out of it yourself. It's probably best to have both. Mm-hmm. So, this week I was lazy and relied on people around me. Maybe next week I'll be self motivated and do it myself. Who knows? Stay tuned.
1: I love that. I love that. Love that. Today we have a good one. I'm really excited about our submission for today.
0: I am too. I mean, I'm always excited, but this one is particularly like,
1: oh, let's get ready to rumble. Okay, so should I just go for it and we'll just read it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Dear Blush, I've had, I've about had it and need to figure out how to navigate this. I work with one of my best friends in a close office. On paper, I'd say we have identical qualifications. We also have the same position and split responsibilities. We work in a highly trained technical field and because we work with a lot of numbers, it's pretty easy to assess performance objectively. I will say that my friend is incredibly bright, smart, and funny. She is an excellent worker and is very ambitious. I'm probably not as ambitious as her, but I wouldn't say that my skill level or performance is much far behind hers. In fact, I would say all things considered, we are equals. My problem is from her condescension. Did I say that right? Yeah.
0: So my problem is from her condescension.
1: (laughs) Not good already. Sorry. Keep going. I know. No, just needed assistance with that word because I wanted to make sure I didn't. Bother. It's a big old word. It is. Okay. Entitlement and overall attitude towards me. In the past, she's learned about my pay raises and asked for more money than me to our boss, citing performance reasons. Oh my gosh, I'm already cringing. <laughs> Anytime I discuss a work dilemma, she uses it against me in the future. If she's discussing a particularly confusing issue at work, she'll always qualify it with just wait until you run into this. You wouldn't be able to handle it. Oh my gosh. She also routinely comments on my body appearance and eating habits. Since we eat lunch together at work, she can't help but to point out how my lunch isn't as healthy as hers and will give me tips on how to improve my eating habits this goes for clothing choices too constantly giving me -me hand-me-downs even though she knows they won't fit me spending habits commenting that i don't save enough or strive to make enough money and judging life decisions that isn't exactly duplicate of hers i confide in her because she's my friend but i'm starting to feel resentful about her treatment regarding me I thought we were friends, but as I sit back and think about it, friends don't judge each other that harshly. She's made it clear that she doesn't think I work as hard as her, and I don't know how to change that. How do I prove myself to my friend and stop feeling so worthless at work? And it's written by Confused Frenemy.
0: Well, at least she used the term frenemy because she's (laughs) picking up on that aspect of it. I mean, look, let's just like cut to it. Like, this bitch ain't your friend. (laughs) she is not your friend and like the first thing that comes to mind is like she isn't it sounds like I'll say that it sounds like she's not snooping on you it sounds like she's not going and trying to find information on you it sounds like you're willingly giving it confused frenemy so first things first stop telling her shit Right. Stop telling her anything. She does not need to know how much money you make. She does not need to know what goes into your food. Or I mean, I know that you probably can't stop um, sitting with her at lunch. I mean, well, I don't know. Actually, that's maybe you can. I mean, she doesn't need to have all of this information on you. It sounds like you routinely confide in her and maybe it's just a bad habit, but you've got to stop because this person is is not your friend not even close so those are my like first gut knee-jerk reaction it's ditch the even idea that she's your friend and stop treating her as such meaning she does not need to know privileged information or frankly any information about you because she's just using it as a weapon against you yeah at least what do you think
1: i'm curious to know if like the dynamic in the workspace is, is she like is she the same type of person to her like judging the shit out of her at work and outside of work right or is it just a thing where it's just at work which I mean it's still bad but I'm just curious to know if like I wonder if she's fine if she's a good friend outside of work and it's just that dynamic where she's like maybe trying to prove something to herself I will also say too and this was a very tough life lesson for me to learn but when someone is mean to you and is judging you and is literally picking you apart and ripping you to shreds it's not about you okay like it's about her like something's going on within her where she's feeling insecure at work or she's feeling you know not competent at work. And so she is trying to project those feelings and make herself feel better about herself and her work by putting you down. And that, once you realize that, Cause I've been in situations before where this, I've been the confused frenemy and people are mean to me or putting me down and I took it to heart. And like, that was what they were saying. I thought of as the truth. And once you reframe that and kind of take a step back and realize like, okay, this actually is not about me at all. And like, I'm sad for you because like, this is about you. I think that told like, it like adds armor to your skin and like nothing, it doesn't hurt as bad, you know? Mhm mhm.
0: I'm going to go out on a limb and say they were friends before work because you were curious about that and the way that she phrased I work with one of my best friends in a close office makes me think they were friends beforehand. I don't know why I'm getting that from this. But I'm going to go and say that they were friends beforehand, which is interesting because to me that even proves your point even more, which is she got into a close space with this person in a competitive environment and she decided in order to make myself feel better, I'm going to anchor myself against you. And so if I can put you down, then I feel you know, better and I feel more accomplished and I feel more successful. And I mean, down to the whole, she, like this woman apparently sees her worth through her work and her um, salary too, because You know, She said something about if she hears that we got the same amount of raise, she goes to her superior and make sure that she gets more. It's like, how sad is that? That in order to go home at the end of the day and feel good about yourself, it's just a comparison game. I mean, how exhausting.
1: Yeah. And like, this is, when you think of what a true friend is, like a true friend is someone who, if you... Callie, like, if you tell me you got a raise, I'm like, oh my God, let's pop some champagne and let's celebrate that. I'm not, my initial thought is like, well, I didn't get, you know, like that whole dynamic feels really icky to me because I just feel like, I don't know. I've, I used to work at a place where it was all my friends. Like we, the company culture was so ingrained and that was like really the main thing. It was all my friends from college and we were all like, you know, put in the same territory. And it was really like, okay, first one there gets it. And for me, I mean, I was just like rolled over because like sales is not my thing. And I'm like, you got this one. Like, I'll take the next one. Oh
0: my gosh. Hummingbird and sales. Guys.
1: God, no,
0: no, 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 no. Hilarious.
1: But I can see like, you know, when you put two friends in a really competitive environment, it, it's tough. It's a really tough dynamic. To work through,
0: 100%. It is, and I am all about advocating for oneself. So I'm not angry about them knowing about how much the other one's making, especially if they have identical identical um, qualifications. And you know, she was saying that this is like a technical field, right? So it's pretty easy to see their performance. Um, I'm not exactly sure what's you know (laughs) we're in counseling and life coaching, so I have no idea what that even means, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of looking at this and I'm like, I'm down for people to advocate for themselves, meaning like, I'm okay if maybe salaries are public and, you know, a manager comes to you and says, okay, you're going to make this amount right now. And this is because of that. And this person made this much because of this. It needs to come from the manager. It doesn't need to come from these girls, but like, I'm actually really good with, you know, anyone going and saying, Hey, I'm worth more just not in the context of someone else, right? Mm-hmm. And I, this comes a lot like comes up at work a lot with men and women like men just making arbitrarily more than someone else. so but that's on the basis of gender. That's completely different situation. That's like when someone is getting paid more for something they can't control. These people it looks like everything is the same. So she's clearly comparing herself against her friend and saying, well I'm worth more than that person which is just such an ugly place to come from. And I'm shocked that the word friend was even used in this letter. I mean, this, like you said, this is not a friend. And if it was just about salary or, you know, payment, then maybe I would err on the side of, well, this is just advocacy and this woman has learned what she's worth and is going to fight for it. But now we're talking about picking apart body and eating habits. Like that is a, Huge, no, no. When I, I mean, ever, but especially if you're talking to myself or to Elise, like that's when we're like, all right, we ride at dawn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're so right. I, I completely agree. It's like I, I have this one spot pulled up that's like, just wait until you run into this, you wouldn't be able to handle it. And I keep reading that over and over and over again because I'm just like, well who are you to say, like, who are you, who are, who do you think you are to like, place speak that over me, you know? So that, and, and I go back to that question that I said of like, okay, is it just in the workspace or is it like, also that's how they act when they hang out on the weekends. But if she's commenting negatively about your body appearance and your eating habits and your freaking clothing choices, like, no, we don't, I'm I'm curious what our, what the, the, what's her name again? The confused frenemy. I'm, I'm wondering what she says in those moments, you know, like, because what, because we talked about this, I think last time or the time before, but like in a sense we teach people how to treat us. So if, Mm -hmm. if we're letting this fly confused frenemy time and time and time again, your quote unquote best friend knows that she can, rip you to shreds and get away with it, you know? So.
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I
0: will say, I'm going to stick up for confused frenemy of me for one second, which is, this is a little nuanced because they're at work and I could see, especially women, you know, we are taught to smile and be agreeable and just put your head down and get your work done. And any sort of aggression is automatically like, Whoa, is it that time of the month? Right? Like, I, and especially if she's in a technical field, which I would assume means a lot of men also work in that office. So perhaps these are the two theme. I mean, that was a huge assumption, but I'm just kind of throwing that out there. There might be a nuance there where she feels like she can't set those boundaries at work because it would be unprofessional. And Elise and I are here to say that is false mm-hmm. and that you can set boundaries no matter where you are. It just one at home might look like, hey, what gives Like, what gives you the impression that you can talk to me like that, bitch, right? Whereas at work, it might sound like that sort of language is not welcome in this space. No. <laughs> so you can adjust the way that you say something depending on the environment that you're in, but the message needs to remain the same, which is one, I'm no longer going to give you privileged information because you use it to abuse me. And two, When you do try and use anything against me, I'm going to let you know that it's not welcome, nor is it professional,
1: period. Mm -hmm. And I think like I've been in situations similar where you kind of like brush things under the rug to avoid confrontation or conflict or something like that. And then it literally like I envision you putting clothes in a suitcase and then time time and time and time and time and time and time and again, and then the suitcase like bursts open and all your shit just like falls everywhere and so I feel like in this situation it's probably been one thing building on top of the other on top of the other on top of the other and now it's just getting to a point where she's at her breaking point right and so I'm I'm wondering if it would be worth like sitting down with this girl being like hey can we grab coffee outside of work and just being like look like I love you You're my friend, but honestly, this is how I've been feeling. And whenever you walk towards a confrontation or potential for conflict, my biggest tip in that area is just to use iMessages, right? Like only speak to your experience saying, I felt this way when I heard this about me, you know, all speak to your own experience because you don't, no one has a leg on a leg to stand on when they're talking about your experience, except for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's so funny because Elise and I are so different in this area. Like we were reading this and again, I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds like a little baby to Enneagram. And we had a little baby to Enneagram, we think, right in last week. And Elise is a little baby to Enneagram. So of course I'm like, this means war, right? Like I'm like, you know, trying to get my sword sharpened for, you know, to get on the battlefield. And I, I love it because Elise is saying, you know, go try and salvage the relationship by having a heart to heart and really just like saying how you feel and doing that. Cause <laughs> I'm coming from the point of view of like the friendship's over. There's nothing to salvage. Like This person has taken advantage of you and made you feel like shit to the point where you sign off saying, how do I prove myself to my friend? (gasps) I mean, the answer is you don't. Because like Elise said in the beginning, this isn't about you. This is about her. Mm -hmm. And so this is about her needing to feel superior. And therefore the only way you're ever going to feel like an equal with her is when she does the self work to bring herself back down to earth. Right? So My take on this is instead of going and having the sweet conversation, coffee. And by the way, that will work for a lot of people, especially if she does want this friendship to continue. My advice would be call it out when it happens. She sounds like a fricking toddler and toddlers don't have the bandwidth to remember right? When they do something mean, you've got to correct. I mean, I'm not a parent, but I'm assuming you correct behavior when it happens. You don't sit your toddler down at dinner and say, Hey, do you remember when you threw a tantrum in the grocery store? It's like, no, of course they don't. So you do it in the moment, right? And then you freaking cut this shit out and you say, that's not welcome. That's not cool. Ouch. What the hell? Like, I love reaction comments. Like my favorite boundary is the word, ouch. Oh, it's so easy and it just it's communicates everything. It's like, "Wow, that was uncalled for. That hurt me. I didn't like that, and I'm making this awkward for you." So, you're going to have to deal with the fact that I just said "ouch" <laughs> out loud, hopefully in front of other people, and moves on you. Are you going to apologize or not? And so like do that. Continuously make her see that it's not cool and that it's not welcome, but also that it's just straight up rude and embarrassing for her. And then You've just got to do a reframe which is this isn't your best friend this isn't even a friend this is a colleague who happens to suck and what do we do with colleagues who suck we either take it to our manager when they start really crossing a line or we just ignore them and just stick to work stick to things that require you know your work getting done but other than that you don't really pay them any mind so yeah that's again i did warn you guys in the beginning stone heart. So that's where I'm coming from. But, I, but that's not to say Elise's advice also isn't warranted if you, if you want to save this.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like the twos of the world need to hear that though, you know, like my first instinct is like, let's just talk it out and like express our feelings and like, you know, see what's coming up for me and just like place a soft boundary. And you're like, no, there's no need for boundaries because we're already way past the point of ever salvaging something. And I think that like sometimes if she is a two, which I'm a two, like sometimes you already know that, but it's almost like, like, you know, like walking into the pool on like a sand beach is like easier than like diving into the deep end you know and so but sometimes you just have like you're wasting your time just walking into the beach when you already know that it's gonna end in you in the deep end you know yeah
0: no absolutely and my my prediction too is that if she tries to have i mean this this behavior is so insidious to me that i would imagine that if she tries to have the nice conversation this girl's just going to get smarter about how she uses her digs. They just won't be as obvious and out there. They might be backhanded or passive aggressive or you know whatever else. But if she cuts it off and this is kind of the sad part, if she, if she cuts it off and is like stop 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 and this girl stops getting high off of it, she's going to find another victim. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hate that, you know, but but the thing about it is confused frenemy does not need to volunteer as tribute to take the wrath of this person and to basically be the guinea pig for her self-esteem. Like I'm thinking hocus pocus style, right? When Sarah Jessica Parker is like children and like sucks in their blood life to make her young. It's like, girl, in this scenario, you're the child. You are the little child dressed as a clown. And Sarah Jessica Parker is coming over to like inhale all of your good vibes and all of your accomplishments and all of your sweet things in order to make herself feel better. Like, it's funny because I know that I talk about loving ambitious people, but I want to give people permission to not be ambitious. Like not all of my best friends are ambitious and like, I'm just so in awe of it. Sometimes I'm like, really, you don't have this like thing on your shoulder telling you, you better get more done. You better do this. You better like, what would that be like? And my thought is happy. I mean, what a what a blissful, lovely existence to not feel like you have to continuously climb that ladder and cross everything off your list and get this done. And so, I hope that you're finding confused, confused friend of me. I really do hope that you're finding ways to celebrate yourself. And I really hope that you're not taking these, you know, cuts and digs that she's giving to you. I I hope that you're not internalizing them. I hope that you're not shaming yourself by thinking, maybe you know, because the only reason I think that you are is because again, how do I prove myself mm-hmm. to my friend and stop feeling so worthless at work? Like bunny, you little sad bunny. No, you need to feel great. Not everyone needs to be president or CEO or whatever. Like we all have a place in this world. And if we were all ambitious turd faces like myself, like this would not be a fun place to live. <laughs> we need balanced people. We need the people like you who are reminding the people like me that other things in this life matter.
1: Mm. I like that. I like that. And I think too, sometimes friendships just run their course, you know? And I think that I, I wrote a blog like years ago because there came a time in my life where I got really sick and I lost a lot of friends. I was very, very confused by it. And I compared it to like cleaning out my closet, right? Like when I clean out my closet every year, I like look at the things and I'm like, oh, but like this was such a good memory or like maybe in five years, I'll take a gardening class and like this will be perfect for it. You know, like I convince myself to keep something because there's like an emotional attachment to it. There's history there, there's memories there. And I think the same goes with friendships too. But I think friends and people and opportunities come into our life for a reason and for a season. And I think remembering that and remembering that not everybody is going to be in your life forever and just because you put time and energy and effort and you have memories and history doesn't like weigh more than the status of your friendship at that moment you know like yes yes oh there's a word for this so i
0: i I usually call it ROI, like the ROI fallacy. I don't actually know if that's the correct term, but it's a return on investment fallacy. And it's basically the thinking that like when the stock market is taking a dive, people can still continue to invest because they've invested so much beforehand and they had good results. So they keep expecting that. And the idea of pulling out is like, no, like, what are you talking about? I did all this work and and that's why people tend to, I mean, look, if you've ever lost all your money in the stock market, this is not a blaming situation. This is just psychology, right? This is what happens, we want a return on our investment. So this is why, you know, a lot of people stay in relationships for too long because they've invested so much and they want that payoff. But they're like, oh, this isn't going that well. But maybe in two years it'll go well. And mm-hmm. the idea of having all this energy go to waste—it's just law. It's icky. And I'm sure you're right. You're totally right. I'm sure she's thinking that. Like again, my my assumption is that they were friends before work, um, and so she's probably thinking about the years maybe before and then during work and throwing that all away feels like a huge loss, but what's an even bigger loss is continuing down this path. And then, you know, feeling like crap all the time at work and and not understanding that this friendship is never going to pay off for you. It won't.
1: Yeah. And what you said, like this, Friendship is like sucking the life out of her, right? Mm -hmm. And like when you have someone toxic in your life like that, which literally I can preach on because I have had plenty in my past. But when you have a relationship that literally sucks the life out of you and you have to like, consciously be aware of it and thinking about it all the time because it weighs so heavy on you then you don't have the capacity to really put the energy and effort into the people who actually really love you and care about you and believe in you you know so it's like you know you don't ha- you don't have enough energy and effort to give out all of that to everybody you got to be No, this is
0: actually true. Okay, so I feel like every podcast, I'm probably going to end up sharing a tip from um, fellow Blush Life Coach Emily, and also one of my dearest friends. But Emily is working on her PhD right now, and she's, she's really interested in friendships, like adult friendships, which I'm like, oh my God, tell me everything. Because the majority of my friends, actually, like all of them, are long distance. I found that it's been pretty challenging to make, you know, true, really... I am also very sensitive to environments and sensitive to people. So I have to be super careful as to who I let in my life. And I just haven't found too many people in Los Angeles that fit that bill, which is fine. It is what it is. I'm very fulfilled with my long distance relationships, but Emily was telling me something the other day and it just, it was so dead on to me, but I don't know how you're going to take this, Elise. I'm really curious. Okay. She said on average, we only have room for five Super in-depth, consistent friendships and your family counts. So people who are really close with their family tend to have fewer friends because the human brain typically only has the capacity for five. Now, she's interested in the implications of social media now that we're all connected constantly and like, I have no business knowing about some girl from my third grade classroom about, you know, her five kids. Like, like, why do I know this information? Right. And so that's kind of what she's grappling with. But I I was more like five people. And then I thought about it and I was like, that's not that off. And so what Elise is saying is confused front of me. If you only have room for five people, why the hell are you letting this person take up one of your spots? Like this is valuable prime real estate, my friend. So you need to clear room because the human brain is limited. Like period. We, I know that people say we have an infinite capacity for love and I, I'm sure that's true, but we don't have an infinite capacity for information and being friends with someone means retaining information, keeping up with their life events, keeping up with their thoughts, keeping up with their emotions. It is a tally of information and yours is being clouded frankly by bullshit. So so she's got to go. I'm sorry. She's got to go. She's got to go. I'm, I'm, I know Elise is a sweet person and wants to get coffee with this girl to set her straight, but she she's got to go.
1: Goodbye. Yeah, I'm. I I've, I've shifted. I've shifted. <laughs> I'm airing more on the side of like cut the t- cut the cord. Okay, confused frenemy, cut the cord. You don't owe her any. See, this is my problem. I feel like I owe everybody an explanation for the actions that I do, and like you actually don't. Okay, like Mm-mm. you don't owe her anything she hasn't owed you anything. I mean, she hasn't been kind to you. She hasn't been thoughtful to you. She hasn't been nice. You don't owe her anything. And that's funny that you say the five, five people, because my grandma used to, I remember her saying this all the time, but she would say, you in your lifetime will have um, you'll be able to count your real friends on one hand and you'll still have fingers up by the end of counting. And I remember being like, mm, grandma, like, no, that's like, you know, I have lots of friends, you know, but now being an adult and going through some shit with life and really figuring out, okay, like who are my core people? Like, it's so true. It's so true no i think it's absolutely true
0: i mean and and i am i'm super close with my mom and i'm super close with my dad so they already have two fingers (laughs) but she told me that i was like oh (laughs) this is this is starting to make sense um yeah so i was pretty blown away by that statistic i mean i'm sure just like anything else there's a spectrum and maybe some people have the capacity for three or four some people might have the capacity for seven or eight you know, I don't need anyone to be like what? You know, that means you know, Carly isn't my friend. It's like, well, well, you know, calm down. I'm sure, I'm sure it fluctuates throughout life, but yeah, yeah, I, I, and I really do. I think my last thought is that you know, Elise brought up something that I I think about a lot, which is the friendships. Fundamentally, most of them are not meant to last, which I think is really hard for people to grasp. I mean. But I always say when it comes to like a relationship, like a romantic relationship, you know, typically you really only need one to work. Now, I I know that a lot of people have different, you know, principles and strategies and needs and wants in a romantic relationship. But if you're just looking at statistics, I mean, the vast majority say you just need one or two to work. That's it. So, you know whatever. Usually if you're in a relationship right now and maybe it's not that great, I mean, (laughs) probably it's not going to last. And I kind of look at that with friendships too. It's like, I've heard that once you hit the seven year mark, that's typically when a friendship is going to last for a lifetime, which I, you know, in seven years, considering how often we move, Considering how many changes we go through, especially if you're talking about meeting someone in high school, like, oh my gosh, can you imagine all the changes you go through in the seven years after high school? So I'm just, I'm I'm sharing this because I hope it relieves some burden because I, I have seen, especially with women that, that they do feel like they owe, owe it to other people. And they do feel like they're a bad person if they let friendships die. Whereas I love the mindset that you've got standards for yourself and that you're just being a realist. If you think, you know, okay, it's okay that this friendship isn't meant to last. And I'm going to double down on the ones that I know are going to last. Man, did any of that make sense?
1: Yeah, all of it. I like loved it. I'm here for it. Oh, Oh, so good. Ah! I hope Confused Frenemy gets some clarity with our chat because I think we touched on some really good points, honestly.
0: Yeah. Maybe you can do a hybrid thing. Maybe take her to coffee. And if this girl doesn't get her act together, then you kick her in the ass, right? Maybe, maybe you pull from from both theories. Um, but either way, confused frenemy, please listen to what Elise said at the very, very beginning of this podcast, which was this isn't about you. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if you were the skinniest person to ever live who only ate kale and what else is healthy, Elise? Kale and celery. And you were the most ambitious person in the world and you everything you touched turned to gold. She would still mm-hmm. be shitting on you. None of this would change. The dynamic would remain the same. This has nothing to do with you. So you keep eating what sounds like pretty fun lunches in my corner, okay? And you keep doing exactly what you're doing. Just don't share it with her. She doesn't need to know. She's lost that privilege.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Elise, what are your final thoughts? Honestly, I feel like I've shifted. And now I'm like, don't take the coffee. Don't do it. Oh, the- man. You're tr- I'm <laughs> turning into a stone heart. I love ah! it. Transformation is already having the experiment. was successful? I'm <laughs> petrifying everyone's heart one podcast oh, at a time. I love it. I think, listen, confused frenemy, you are of worth, you are of value, you deserve to have people in your corner who love you and adore you and celebrate you and want you to grow and celebrate your successes, the big ones and the small ones. And anyone who doesn't fit into that category, be very skeptical and proceed with caution. That's all I have to say, because you're deserving of so much more.
0: I completely agree. And if you're looking to really crystallize the wisdom and the knowledge that we've been just spitting out this entire podcast. I mean, gosh, we're so good. I'm just kidding. But really, if if you do need that extra support, just know that sometimes these boundaries, these standards in really healthy friendships can actually start with learning what that looks like. And I will say that at blush, that's what we teach because we are always in your corner. We are challenging you, but we are always supporting. And so if you want to give this a shot, use promo code BlushU for 25% off your first month to work with an individual life coach, meaning you get paired with a coach, she is yours. You guys work together forever. I've been with some of my clients for years. I'm not gonna age myself, but like y'all, years. <laughs> like we're, we're nearing that special number where the relationship is supposed to last for a lifetime. So just putting that out there, I really do think you could benefit because you know this kind of coaching could actually teach you what a real friendship feels like and what it's supposed to look like. Um, so I I do think that there's some work to be done there. So again, blush you for 25% off your first month at joinblush.com. Come hang out with us, man. This was such a fun one, Elise. This was so great.
1: I know. I love them and keep writing into us, everybody. We love these. It's, Blush you at joinblush.com to be featured and for Callie and I to work through your sitch. I like love these so much. It's so fun for me. And I feel like I'm learning too, you know, like, which is the beauty of life coaching because I feel like as much as my clients get from me, I also get just as much from them. And so it's really cool.
0: I could not agree more. That is so freaking accurate. I agree. So just know we're learning from these letters. We're learning from these conversations with each other. I hope you guys are learning a lot too. So stay tuned and we will have another episode coming your way.
1: Woohoo! Okay.
0: Bye. Goodbye.